you're tuned into Decay Mag Podcast Online source for horror, thriller and sci-fi entertainment news Good afternoon, good evening, good morning My name is Ken Artuz and you are listening to DK Mag Podcast Season 7 Episode 12 And joining me in this podcast as co-hosts are Enid Artus, content contributor for DKMag.com and don't forget to listen to our podcast on Google Music. Stacy Cox, staff correspondent for DK Mag. Be sure to stop by our patron our patron page at patreon.com forward slash DK Mag. Your donations will help us bring future episodes. As a patron, you'll receive bonus content as well as free and discounted on upcoming DK Mag merchandise. And joining us on this episode, we have a couple of special guest co-hosts from Everything Horror Podcast, Mr. Paul Dosky and Ms. Tessa Baker. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure to meet other horror fans. Definitely a pleasure. Likewise, yeah. And it's such a big community. Uh, It's always great to collaborate with like-minded folks. I agree. And we're going to be kicking off our podcast with some movie news. And we're going to be doing something a little bit different with this podcast. We usually delve into movies and television, but we've got to focus on the slate of trailers that released for E3 last week. And most of them are horror. Most of them are for the PlayStation. Thank goodness. Who plays the Xbox? I used to. Yeah. I, <laughs> I do. Uh oh. Did, did I hear somebody say this? Somebody did? Oh, <laughs> uh, Stacey. Well, I. Somewhat. I'm not a huge gamer, but uh, every now and then. Yeah, there's no time for gaming. I, I wish I had the time to game. Uh, wow. Those were the days. I just wish I had the skills for gaming. <laughs> 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 I feel like you need the skills, man. I'm just, I guess I'm too impatient when it comes. Um, I won't sit for hours on end trying to beat a game. Like, I think an hour tops for me. And if I get nowhere, I just get nowhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you, you got you got to hand it to the young kids, uh, the 9, 10, 12-year-olds. How they kick ass for the older people on, on Call of Duty. That's so embarrassing. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Nothing about kids playing Call of Duty. And owning the adults. <laughs> yeah, and the the funny thing there is that when something happens on the news, they quickly blame video games, but the parents are buying these games for the kids in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you know that this is for a mature game? Oh, it's just on the Grand Theft Auto. My kid plays it all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame uh, your kids for violence. Exactly. No, blame it on scapegoats like rock music and video games. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Both and, are awesome. And to kick it off, we gotta start jumping right in. We have a couple of segments to discuss in movie news. 
Segment 1 Movie News Murder in the Woods An all-Latino horror film Murder in the Woods is an upcoming horror film and this is this is one thing about horror that I truly enjoy especially from the indie scene is that we have filmmakers that are pushing the envelope in horror cinema and Hollywood is not doing this at all uh, Hollywood seems to be stuck in the late 50s or 40s where diversity is out of the question Murder in the Woods has an all Latino cast which for me as a Latino I fully support 100% and a slasher film at that which we know that the slasher genre is filled with stereotypes the cast includes Jose Julian, Janet Samano, Chelsea Redden, and of course, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, he is in practically every indie horror film out there, uh, which is funny. But the highlight here is the fact that Murder in the Woods is all Latino cast. The screenwriter producer is Yelena De Leon, the director is Luis Iga, and they both have stated that when they tried to receive funding for this film, they were met with brick walls from every angle. And they express themselves the frustration, uh, and this is coming from indie filmmakers, the frustration that how difficult it was for investors to give the money and not only that but when they realized that it was an all latino cast the stereotype the the barriers come up and they wanted uh, the film to be done their way which of course it wasn't uh there's no stereotypes we have an all latino cast the movie's completed and is now in circulation you visit their website and it's pretty cool they have a pop-up where if you want the film murder in the woods to screen in your city you just sign up and i guess the, the more petitions and votes the film will get screened in your in the city of your choice i for one i advise everyone to just uh vote for their city where they live in and just spread the word uh, these these are the type of films as us as journalists in the field need to support and put a sh uh, spotlight on i support anybody in the film industry especially you know of um other other races and ethnic ethnicities and i think it's great what they're doing and um i fully support it and um even be willing to back it honestly and to spread the word about this film um i think it's a great idea um having a website where you can vote on a city and stuff like that um definitely like uh candy said just vote for your cities and you know make 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 this type of statement for anything really i mean even if it's uh indie horror or hollywood or something i mean um, a lot of films nowadays seem to only be going uh, to select cities 
like um, Death House is a good example. We, I, uh, our city didn't even get hit with Death House. So if we could get hit with this murder in the woods, I think that would just be great. And I support any kind, no matter what, comedy, um, horror, anything really, like found footage, whatever. Uh, actually, to piggyback off what you said, Paul, and I'm glad you mentioned Death House uh, because I have been waiting for that film since it was just announced and everything. And this uh, Vote for Your City feature is actually really great. And I wish they had that for Death House, but now they're, you know, uh, they did something with it. Because I, I, I feel like every indie film, every indie film out there should have a chance to uh, be screened in theaters. Every indie, I feel every every film, not just you know from Hollywood and everything, but uh, take for instance, uh, like so, like those films that are that don't meet the criteria for the uh, MTAA and get theatrical releases. Uh, those kind of indie films. I feel like it, they deserve a fair shot. So the Vote for Your City uh, feature is actually really good. And it gives the um, audience a chance to, you know, say whether or not they want it there, you know, versus that decision being made pretty much for them. And we have to wait till it goes straight to DVD or straight to streaming, which sometimes can take forever. <clears throat> well, I think the same thing. Let's just get all together and let's just start voting for the movies that we want to come to our cities. And I agree also with being that it doesn't matter what is your ethnicity, if you're Latino, if you're not, you know, if you're black, anytime white. Let's just support each other. And let's just continue making great movies. Absolutely. And one thing that I do find it that the marketing engine is really working in overdrive is when they say the first African-American horror film or the first Latino horror film director. It, I know English. So that means that's the only person in the world that picked up a camera and made a film that was a Latino or African-American. This just doesn't make sense. Uh, if everyone has a shared talent it's great just put the spotlight on the talent itself and just ignore just uh of course we need to break the barriers but just ignore that oh he's the first this or she's the first that it's all about the artwork james one producing arachnophobia well, another remake, um, Amblin and James Wan's Atomic Monster are in the early stages of the remake of Arachnophobia. Um, Arachnophobia is a classic, so it really should be well known, but for anyone who is not familiar with it, uh, pretty much Arachnophobia is about a deadly um, species of spider that makes its way um, to America and terrorizes the town. And actually, this is one of my favorite horror films ever, uh, next to It. But, um, and to me, this is 
probably the scariest spider movie I've ever seen because it's it's very realistic. The um, original 1990 uh, version. It's very realistic. It's not bizarre like these spider films today, like um, eight-legged freaks or big-ass spiders, something like that. Where you got you know really huge alien-like spiders, and you're just like, come on, that's not real. So that's one one thing I really love about arachnophobia, and I could watch it. I can watch that film every day and watching it, I just itch. It's like, oh, that's so real because the spiders are so realistic in size and everything. Um, now, uh, something interesting to note, James Wan is producer. He will be producer in it. So, and we all know, well, uh, this is more of a, an opinion. Um, James Wan is actually a really great producer. So that's one thing to look forward to. But, uh, Tessa and Paul, I know your sentiments or remix uh, is parallel to ours. So please tell me, what do you think about this remake? <clears throat> well, um, opinions on remakes in general. Um, oh God! <laughs> they need to stop doing it. I'm I'm actually a big fan. I'm actually a big fan of classic horror films I did I really don't like it when they remake um classics over and over and over and over until it just it's like they don't have anything else to do like they have no more original ideas so they're just like oh we're just gonna take a classic and we're just gonna remake it over slap the label on it and say oh this is new no no i call bullshit <laughs> um <Paul? laughs> um let's put it this way leave the originals and i repeat leave the originals the hell alone why because they're fine the way they are right now they don't need to be taught hollywood Get your head out of the ass because you need to start thinking of original stuff again. Stop taking a masterpiece and shitting on it. Unless you can actually do it good, but lately with remakes, they kind of suck. Um, like look at Poltergeist for uh, for a uh, instance. Um, U.S. ended up remaking the French horror film called Martyrs. Oh my God, what a disgrace that was. Um, I'm actually hearing too that the WWE is even trying to remake a uh, Norwegian film called Cold Prey, which I recently showed Tessa. And I had never now, seen And now I'm hearing we're going to be seeing a remake for the, uh, what is it, the, uh, the we're going to be getting a remake for uh, The Craft, and Hocus there's something Pocus. else in Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I was very upset about that, especially Hocus Pocus. Ugh. But, um, anyways. But yeah, my thoughts really, though, is with this new film, that's gonna be remade, I guess. Um, I don't know anything about it, but it already sounds interesting just from what you and were describing. I, and I've seen the original Arachnophobia. So if they're planning on, since they're planning on remaking this film, they better do a damn good job with it. And that's all I'm gonna say too. 
Well, I share the same thoughts. I'm here giggling because everybody's on the same page here. Uh, re remakes, reboots, I, they are very few and far between that the reboot excels the original. Dawn of the Dead is one of them. That's one of our personal favorites. Um, that's about it that I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. They all, and I'm going to put my two cents. The new Halloween that's coming out is going to be a piece of shit. It, some <laughs> horror fans, they're, they, they just, they don't want to admit it, but it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, I agree. Look at how Jamie Lee Curtis looks in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she doesn't. Coming back as Laurie Strode. She looks so old and nasty. <laughs> like for real. <laughs> oh, it's supposed to be set like how many years later? Yeah. <laughs> she aged very badly. Let me just say. <laughs> That's bad. That's terrible. Come on, you can't say that. We can't edit I, that out. I, 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 I'm not gonna cover the you know the sky with my hand. Gonna be honest, it's just a piece of shit. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. Well, well, so <laughs> well I don't. What, 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 we're putting out two cents here too. I'm kind of skeptical about it too, and that is because uh, I don't know how many people have heard about this. I know when I mentioned it on a horror forum one or a Facebook group that uh, people were like, "Wait, what?" So um, for those that do not know. Uh, the, the upcoming new Halloween film actually did a screen test and and the audience uh, when they did the survey at the end completely hated the ending of Halloween. So because of that, they went back to reshoot the scene. They went back to fix the problems. So that makes me more skeptical now because it's just like, oh great. The original screen test failed. The original screen test failed. So what are we gonna get now? So Ken, I kind of agree. Like, is this new Halloween just a hype machine, and it's just gonna be shit, <clears throat> or what? Too many films are being overhyped. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, Ridley Scott <clears throat> overhyped Prometheus for Alien. It was a complete snooze fest, and uh, the, I am not the only one who shares that opinion. Lance Henriksen, we interviewed Lance Henriksen a few years back, and uh, we all know he was in Aliens, he was Bishop, and he even admitted it, that the film, he didn't feel nothing for this Prometheus film. It, everything is a cash grab in Hollywood with these remakes. And I, I want to know if H2O was 20 years in the future, this one is 40 years. So wouldn't they call this one H4O? <laughs> uh, Ken, I'm going to stop you there too. I'm going to stop. Um, I like the joke and all, but the the anything after the original Halloween does not take place at all. This is technically the sequel to the original. Like, like everything, they're wiping, every, they're wiping right. everything out. <laughs> yeah, everything, pretty, after, everything after that we already know Halloween. is wiped out. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much their idea. Yep. Yeah. So, 
But I agree. Is it like that? I mean, <laughs> I did hear talk that they're going to be thrown in some type of uh, uh, nod to some of the other films, but from what they say, all the Halloween now don't exist right now. Mm. It's just becoming so disappointing. Please, please stop remaking classics. Cannot stress this enough. You're taking a classic and you're pretty much remaking it into a steaming pile of shit. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And it's incredibly disappointing. Like, like I'm going to give you an example of one of my ones that I got pissed off about. Oh, boy. Okay, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, when they remade it with somebody who played Rorschach in The Watchmen as Freddy Krueger instead of Robert England. Oh my god. Hey, at least Robert England even said that the 2010 remake sucks. Yeah, he got up and walked right out of the theater in the middle of it. (laughs) He got right up and left. He even made a sign and tweeted it or something, and it said 2010 remake sucks. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't a huge fan of the remake of The Nightmare on Elm Street at yeah. all. So that's a prime example <clears throat> one that I was just like, oh God. Well, look at Hellraiser. Oh, that's, God. Another, that's another topic for another time. <laughs> you all make very good points. Um, I definitely feel the same that they do need to leave the uh, uh, classics alone. Um, the 80s and the 90s, you know, always say the 80s and the 90s will never uh, be brought back to life. They need to leave it alone, and it's time to just, head, like, head into the future now, head into uh, this was 2018 now. You know, it's time to get with the times instead of trying to bring back, instead of trying to bring back the classics, um, just move forward, come up with new ideas you know better ideas and everything and um i always say hollywood uh they have a few rare gems but overall i, I feel like horror is not hollywood strong suit it's not segment two Video games trailer first impressions, The Last of Us Part 2. Went out one night to make a little round, I met little Sadie and I shot her down. Went back home, jumped into bed, 44 pistol under my head. I woke up in the morning about half past nine, a hex in the buggy standing in Jensen Gamer standing around, taking little Sadie to bed. I began to think that Indiana turned around and held the hand on the right hand. Made up the angels to get to sleep. They overtook me and Jerry. Well, kicking off our second segment is the last of us 2 which the trader dropped an e3 and i for one i love the last of us talking about a video game that is character driven uh, this takes place during the apocalypse and we don't have any zombies in this post-apocalyptic world but the antagonizing force are cannibals and it makes better sense in this storyline instead of 
zombies, we have this infection that is plant-based that has infected the human race and the infected turn into cannibal plants hosted on the human body. It's, it's mind-boggling. The characters are Joel and Ellie. And in part one, if you haven't played the game too fucking bad, I'm going to spoil it for you. Uh, Joel saves Ellie. Ellie, she is immune to the disease and her blood actually is serves as a cure. So part two, Ellie's grown up and wow the trailer is amazing naughty dog the developers behind this extravagant game have up the ante so now players are going to have to think on their toes the ai is smarter you're going to have to use stealth uh you're going to have to use your decisions do you fight or do you run away do you hide this is survival horror so the basis of this opening segment is horror, survival horror in video games in general. It has gone down because the companies, they wanted to infuse action like Call of Duty and it almost decimated the genre. So now we have survival horror coming back the way it should be. And The Last of Us, I think this is going to break records. So. Personally, I haven't played um, the first one, but I saw the trailer for this one and um, I thought it looked interesting, but first it starts out with um, kissing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gotta get those eyes glued to the screen. I was like, oh, okay, so this is how we're gonna start, all right. <laughs> I think uh, I did see some of the gameplay for it um, when they were doing it during E3 and um, it looks pretty interesting like uh, you have to utilize stealth, uh, really utilize your surroundings and um, I thought it was pretty pretty interesting actually. Um, I, I'll probably play the first one before the second one comes out because I did the same thing with um, The Evil Within. For someone who hasn't played the first one, I kind of, I'm kind of hoping it delivers, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, Paul, what do you think? Well, as somebody who done the first Last of Us, um, as much as I enjoyed the story, but we're not going to talk about the multiplayer because that that's a piece of shit thing that screwed me when I played. So uh, anyway, for Last of Us Part Two, um, I just just once again, kind of like what we were just talking about with the whole hype machine and hype trains and stuff. I just hope, like even Tessa said, that it delivers because it does look really well done. I mean, the graphics now even make like fighting in the dark, like in the forest. I mean, like even in the uh, gameplay where they hung the dude and then they somehow heard you to start searching for you in the woods. And that whole scene there was just incredible, especially I believe, and Ken can correct me too, uh, is I believe uh, she climbed herself um, 
up onto like a parking deck or something and like had to escape that way before like it cuts off into her going underneath the truck and shooting the girl and stuff but i mean i don't know i mean i just really hope it does live up to it i mean the first one really did well so i just hope that uh this one does the same thing i love it i absolutely love the last of us and yeah you guys make a great point hopefully naughty dog does a great job and i agree i never played the multiplayer but i have read the reviews and that was a disaster and that that's another point if you're gonna play call of duty play call of duty don't infuse multiplayer action in a game that is survival horror. It just it, it they do not mix. Any? Well, all I have to say is like, whoa, that was quite a scene with Ellie at the beginning of the trailer. Um, when she was when she was dreaming or something. No, Ellie. Well, for those who haven't played part one, there was an expansion, I believe into the into the game or it was part of part one ellie she's she's a lesbian and she had a girlfriend in part one but the girlfriend she they never revealed if she died if i'm my memory serves me right i I don't think she died but yeah that was her first experience and this is her second well i mean the graphics were awesome but there was one funny little thing that i found oh boy here we go when the girl tells her how bad she smells (laughs) <laughs> smell me how bad i smell and she said you reek like trash well that was for me that was funny like are you sure you want to eat that trash uh, you know what i'm saying <laughs> i went there <laughs> oh, <geez>. oh goodness <laughs> okay stacy your turn uh what are your videos <laughs> 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 Holy shit, you went well, there. Uh, we that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't even now. Okay, well, we talk a lot about trailers and um, how video game trailers and movie trailers differ. And one thing I loved about this trailer is it felt like I was watching a movie. And as I've mentioned uh, so many times before, it's actually uh, way more in depth than a lot of movie uh, movie trailers, even a lot of full feature films out here. Uh, so I definitely love that. And the gameplay itself looks uh, very intense. Like at first, at first, I was thinking like, "Oh, I think I might want to play this game." But as I walk the, as as I watch the gameplay, I'm like, "Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to try to play this because it's just too complicated for me." <laughs> She's been doing a, a bit much. Hey, you, you're gonna have to hop on on the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I gotta get a PlayStation. See, I don't have PlayStation, but uh, I, I definitely love the uh, gameplay and how it just looked like you were watching a movie. And for me, when it comes to these video game trailers, um, that's my excitement right there. 
Um, like I said, I'm not very big on video games, so my like list of games to play is pretty small, probably about a handful. And so my excitement goes as far as the trailer a lot of times. Uh, Naughty Dog, all I'm going to say is you better do it right. The first one was amazing, so let's make The Last of Us 2 twice as amazing. Death Stranding. Preaches. The man who delivers. Tears. A chiral allergy. So, you have dooms like me. What's your level? I've got the extinction factor, but I think you got me beat. Well, the trailer that I just watched death stranding um before i get into the details i'm gonna give a little bit backstory or how this game came about so according to polygon.com hideo kojima from kojima production guillermo del toro and norman readers from the walking dead they were all working in collaboration with konami digital entertainment to produce the video game called silent hill pt so along the way Something happened and unfortunately the game got cancelled and Konami re decided to remove Hideo Kojima's name out of everything that has to do with Metal Gear Solid, their website, the Twitter, marketing research and also Konami um, in a Q&A also indicated that Norman Reedus, his contract also has expired so out of the outcome of all of this they decided to get together and work on another project and this is how Death Stranding came about. So I bet that a lot of people didn't know that there's a whole drama behind this game. So now Death Stranding it's set on an open world environment um, where the main character named Sam he dies. So he is set to another world and this world is referred to an upside down world submerged in water. So he has to go through mountains, rivers, there's monsters, there's obstacles, there's a lot of things that prevents him to get him into his destination. So in this trailer that I watched, that it was almost nine minutes, I think it's a must to watch. Um, I would definitely would love to play the video game. Um, there are quite a pretty much actors involved with this <clears throat> um, video game. It's um, we have Norman Reedus, we have Matt Mickelson, we have Leah Sudox and Lindsay Wagner, and they will portray the leading characters in the game through a motion capsule facial scannings and vocal performance. And unfortunately, we won't be able to see this game until 2019. So stay tuned to DKMag.com for more updates. What do you guys think? Um, based on what I saw from the trailer, um, I thought that the game looked pretty interesting. Um, how there's like these um, shadow beings, I guess, right? Um, these shadow beings that he would see and he's carrying around like this um, baby, like a 
inside of like this um, protective sack, I guess, for lack of a better word. And the baby is used to find or sense these shadow things. I just thought the environment looked really cool, like really neat and cool looking and the graphics were well done. I'm hoping that it delivers and it looks as good as it does in the trailer. Uh, well, here we are with another intense trailer and I love that. Um, uh, what, <laughs> what threw me off was uh, the baby's bottom uh, or, you know, when you first when the trailer first starts and you're looking at this this bottom of a baby, I'm like, oh, okay, well, uh, this is how we're starting this. This is very different. But um, I like the the uh, invisible figure, the ghost figures inside of it, whatever those were. Uh, so I think I'm interested in playing this game for that alone. Um, uh, I guess of a more in-depth on those those figures I guess is what I'm trying to say um well I'm gonna go back to what was uh, first said about the original product which was Silent Hills um I still remember that day or night whatever uh, from E3 if, I, if my mind served correctly where they said that this playable teaser will be available on the PlayStation Store. So I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta check this out then. So, um, I actually still have PT on my system, which right now you cannot get it anymore. So, and I don't even wanna delete it off my system because otherwise I heard you can't even re-download it. But then I also hear you can, but I, I don't want to test the theory either. But um, PT for a, um, I don't know, we'll just stay like a half hour game, if not more, depending on how fast you can get through it, finding everything and stuff, because there was a lot of things you can do and a lot of theories as well, which I thought was really nice. But I'm going to have to say, PT's environment was phenomenal. It was right down, chilling, and I don't usually get scared with games, but this this one hallway just makes you just feel creeped out, especially every time when the door closes behind you. You're just like, okay, what type of hell is waiting for me right now? Even though it's just one single hallway. And then you got um, uh, Lisa, I think is her name. And I mean, she can sneak attack you, kill you, no problem. But when you finally beat the weird way of unlocking the Silent Hill trailer from PT, I mean, it is very rewarding. And then when I heard that uh, Konami was no longer doing it, that's when all my love and everything for Konami just shit the bed. Like, they they were make they were gonna probably create the most amazing horror game to date in my own opinion because if they kept it the uh sound hill game like that with norman Reedus, oh man that would have been 
the game we'd probably be still talking about today. And um, unfortunately, because of Konami and the bull crap that went on with uh, Kojima, uh, unfortunately, we don't get to get it. And but at least we get Death Stranding, which in a way is like a shed of is like a way of uh, of like a shed of light, yeah. Like there's some light to this downfall of PT, even though it's not Silent Hill, but at least it's something. But Death Stranding alone, um, it looks really, really weird. And some of the stuff I'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going on with the trailer. Yeah. And then with that new one with like the baby and shit, it's just like, what the hell is going on here? Right. <laughs> and then, and then those shadow things, shadow whatever, shadow figure things. Oh my god! Yeah. I can only imagine what those things will do to you if they get their hands on you, especially that invisible creature in that trailer. Um, but. I don't know. I'm 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 on board with Death Stranding. I'm definitely on board. So I cannot wait to play it. I enjoyed the playable trailer from Silent Hill and I I had I had dabbled with the Silent Hill uh episodes uh, part 1 2 I think whatever. But I never played the game fully from start to end, but playable trailer was amazing that baby and the the baby fetus inside the sink i mean who who thinks of that oh that's creepy that's creepy or how about what fetus says Uh, exactly (laughs) there's a freaking thing oh man come on that's the stuff of nightmares right there and death stranding it's, it's amazing visually open world that means you could walk anywhere uh choose your own thing your own path and wow i just this is i mentioned it again this is survival hard the way it should have been you know unfiltered with action sequences just do your missions avoid the creatures wow i'm looking for it hun can can i get a playstation next year give me give me one for christmas (laughs) sure (laughs) well you know the playstation did just get a uh, price cut wink wink Oh, you see? Look at that. Wink, wink. Oh, really? Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> He's also giving a wink, wink on the other I side. I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these things were like, what, $800? Think? What? Something like that? $600 wasn't when they started. Yeah, it's best to wait. Now oh, yeah, the, it was up there. Now the games is, Now that the games is coming out, now we could say, okay, we could invest in one of these guys yeah we have quite a lot of good games coming out resident evil 2 money's in my account always a pleasure attention all citizens due to the citywide outbreak and don't make my mistake if you see one of those things uniform or not you do not hesitate Whatever it takes to save this city. And usually when I present a segment, I have a list of notes that I you know, read over 
to help me with my presentation i didn't take no notes for resident evil 2 why because i'm fucking frustrated with capcom i mean really capcom fucked up resident evil and i hope they hear this that you guys fucked up resident evil and now you gotta try to resurrect resident evil with more reboots i mean come on they've taken a, a playbook from hollywood they they just desecrated resident evil with umbrella corpse multiplayer shooter doesn't even involve zombies then what was it resident evil uh three or four one of them and they were in africa what was it i have the toy right here uh doesn't even say oh resident evil five they were in africa and it was mostly action driven uh come on really survival horror is survival horror ea also suffered the same demise with dead space dead space 3 piece of shit dead space 1 amazing come on leave the shooter first person shooter of away keep it away uh what i think about the trailer i mean the gameplay looks nice everything is updated but it's a reboot and my opinion i have it for video games just like i have it for horror films enough with the reboots create something different and especially if you're trying to reinvigorate a genre do it with different chapters different direction uh, uh, in need how badly is resident evil i mean the storyline it doesn't even have to do with zombies anymore what is it well the movie is all about the alice uh, don't even talk about the movie that's irrelevant <laughs> everything has gone down the hill with resident evil the movie the video games the whole everything well you need the anime whoever haven't seen the anime for the cgi film actually for resident evil amazing great great stuff but i agree i don't like the alice movie i don't like it at all and the video game no way familiar with Resident Evil. Um, I've seen almost all the movies with the exception of um, one of the, anim the animated ones. Um, I was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly like disappointed with the final chapter, Resident Evil final chapter movie. Um, it was like it was action, like right from the jump street. It was just straight action. There was no build up. It was um, garbage. Garbage. Yes. Um, so I was incredibly disappointed with it. And yeah, um, your wife is right. Um, the movies were pretty much Alice this and Alice that and Alice, Alice, Alice. And you know, you'd get little little spurts of like Leon or little spurts of like Claire and stuff like that. But it was just all all cameras on Alice and I just thought it took away from like all of the original characters of Resident Evil. Um because the director did always wanted to see his wife naked. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys all know how I feel about remakes, anyways. Just don't, don't do it. 
We'll do it. And and like and like Ken was saying, Capcom, you already fucked up Resident Evil, so why why are you trying to breathe life back into something that you clearly destroyed and then took a big giant dump all over? Um I feel so out of touch with Resident Evil because as far as the movies are concerned, I've only seen one and two. I haven't seen past that. Um, and I've, I've never played uh, the video games either, so <clears throat> I'm out of touch. But uh, as far as the trailer goes, I felt like it was uh, it was a, a, a more minim- minimalist approach. Uh, when you think about the previous trailers we just watched, how they were so way, way more in-depth and everything, and this one takes a more minim- minimalist approach. And... I actually like that. And then at the very end was where I really got creeped out where you get that little shot, or not at the very end, but closer to the end of the trailer where you get that little shot of the, uh, the zombie that was eating the guy. And I really got goosebumps with that part right there. All right, Red and Evil 2. You? One of my favorite Red and Evil games of all time. One, right next to Red and Evil 4, which is the last Resident Evil game that is actually good because that was Shinji Mikami's last Resident Evil with Capcom. Right before he left Capcom to go make his own studio, which his studio is right now drawing a blank in my head of what it's named. But, uh, oh, Tango, Tango Games or something like that. And um, um, to me, well, anybody should know. Shinji Mikami is the creator of Resident Evil, just like he directed the Evil Within, one of the games to help save survival horror. Just like Ken was saying, survival horror. The, the game that we're talking about is what survival horror should be. And I remember back in 2014 when a lot of studios were afraid of making horror games because of the fact, like uh, Ken even said about Umbrella Corp, where that's not, that has nothing to do with zombies. It's just multiplayer garbage that you just eliminate the other team while getting attacked by zombies, from what I've seen uh, some gameplay of. But uh, anyway, Kind of like from Resident Evil 5 to 6 had just been like, what the hell? And then, and then, um, Resident Evil Revelation 2, they made that episodic. Like, what the hell? And then, um, then you get the new Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, which is first person but you get more OP, weird, molded creatures now in first person, which even Chris Redfield even looks, doesn't even look like Chris Redfield. And um, yeah, I mean, for, I don't know, for, for Capcom, um, yeah, I'm kind of pissed off with them too, but the way I look at it is everybody wanted the Resident Evil 2 remake. They they they've been asking for it for years. Hell, they even did a petition asking Capcom to remake it, and we're finally getting it. And I'm pretty impressed with the graphics. I just hope 
um, they keep the true identity of which was Resident Evil 2, why everybody loved it. Like, that was my one game I would always go to and play was Resident Evil 2 back on PS1. And, you know, it just just getting that frustration because you don't have enough ammo or you're dying by the wicker because something, you know, it's the wicker. What do you expect? Um, Resident Evil 2... You, you can definitely see a, a remake per se compared to the original and I mean I'm I, I won't lie I'm on board with Resident Evil 2 but I think that's just because it looks like they did it right and I just hope that they did do it right I just hope it's not something that I regret later on when it comes out which is next year on January 25th so um I don't know. I mean, to me, though, Resident Evil 4 were definitely the last good Resident Evil, and that was just because that was Shinji Mikami's last game who knew what survival horror was because he is known as the um, the father of survival horror. So that would be my, uh, my two cents in, too, as well. Well, Resident Evil remakes anything that has to do with the franchise to me they messed that up with the movies and as i see the movies i see the video game so i'm not interested yeah but uh an interesting point uh paul makes an interesting point uh survival horror uh well I, i'm gonna butcher his name uh Mikami. Mikami, right. Yeah. He, I mean, the guy has great ideas with uh, The Evil Within. The Evil Within 2. Uh, oh, wow. I, p- playing that game. It, uh, the, the, the demo that we played, the little that I played, I couldn't play so much because I had Vertigo uh, uh, playing the uh, one of those bosses. But anyway. Uh, the visuals in that game so violent so intense i that is the thing when you just play a survival horror game put your headphones on turn off the lights in the room and then you start screaming like a little schoolgirl. that that come on there's no experience (laughs) like that at all fallout 76 Bethesda Game Studio, the award-winning creators of Skyrim and Fallout 4, welcome you to Fallout 76, the online prequel where every surviving human is a real person. Now, I have played Fallout, I believe it's Fallout 4, uh, briefly, 
I did get tired of it because it's pretty much repetitive. You're doing the same stuff. But uh, the trailer for Fallout 76 actually looks way more intense than Fallout 4, which is more more cartoony, if you will. Um, so I did like that. I like that it looks so so um, intense and in depth. Uh, I think I might try it out. Give it a, try it out just just for that alone because I did play Fallout Four. So, well, I never played Fallout, but I like the scenery. That's the only thing I could say. I mean, it has a pretty nice scenery. The game, this trailer. The the, the scenery is nice. I have not played Fallout as well. I don't know which Fallout it was, but all I remember is I was a little playing a little baby somewhere inside a room. I couldn't even get out the room. I I, don't, I didn't get it. I don't know. I don't. I know there's a whole community of gamers that love Fallout. For me, if it's going to be a role-playing game. Uh, which Fallout seems to be, and you advanced as you get upgrades and all this stuff. I would prefer something like Borderlands. At least it's more cartoony and it's more dark humor. I just don't. Uh, Fallout and Bioshock. I don't know. They, I put them in the same plane because they have that same aesthetic. They are what do you call that? Um, steampunk type of thing going on uh, well that's not my thing uh uh for somebody who played a little bit of fallout 3 before i completely just got sick and tired of it um <laughs> uh it's not bad but i just felt like there's way too much to remember and what i mean by that is like the radiation like you need to cure yourself otherwise you're gonna die from the radiation you need, I believe if my memory serves right, you gotta eat and you gotta dehi- you gotta make sure you're hydrated. And then again, we're talking about an open world. So, I mean, once you throw all that into the mix, which for somebody like me anyway, who likes survival horror games, but I don't know if you really wanna call this a horror game when it's mainly, you're really just surviving. But then again, you are, uh, versus some weird type of creature, whatever they are called, too. But I mean, I remember watching a friend of mine play Fallout 3. If memory serves me right, it is Fallout 3, where he just like, Oh, yeah, you see this town? And I'm like, Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna blow it up. And I'm like, What? Sure enough, he goes into the town and there's like a nuke right in the middle of town and what does he do he detonates it like after like you know being safe so many yards away and you just see this whole town and fall off three just blow up like oh okay <laughs> um but anyway as for fallout 76 um cool i guess i mean the graphics seem cool uh mechanics seemed interesting the only thing that I think that Bethesda uh, um, is doing wrong though is micro, microtransaction 
I heard that microtransactions are going to be a part of uh, Fallout 76, which that can be good or bad. Um, and what I mean by ba- good or bad is like, uh, look at Konami. They just put out Metal Gear Survive. Oh my God, when it comes to the microtransaction, just oh my God. Um, if you don't know anything about that, uh, but just give you a little short version of my of these microtransactions for Metal Gear Solid or Survive. It is like a apocalyptic thing, but in order to get a new character or to save or something along the lines of saving or something like that, you need to buy microtransactions and to get a certain amount of uh, credit or whatever just to really do anything. So microtransaction is another thing that seems to become a problem. Ken, I have I know nothing about microtransactions. <laughs> well, well, I guess the game studios are trying to take a page out of the playbook from mobile gaming in which you need to buy outfits for your sims or buy the uh, material to buy the uh, the house for your whatever the game that you're playing so those are microtransactions and I, I, they have no business to be in a video game because you're already dishing out 60 70 80 90 100 that whatever on a on the game and now you got to dish out more money that's that's ridiculous that's that's just wrong i never i, I didn't know that you see learn something new every day i did not know that that's just that's wrong you're already dishing out so much money and you need uh what are your thoughts with the with the fallout you said you're gonna get this i don't think so right yeah i don't think so Mm, no not not my type of game now if you give me a grand theft auto or any other type of game then or when we go to those video games um conventions that we get to pay for free so then we good <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i gotta try first in one of those br before i go yeah no nah, fallout is not for me i don't know i never never enjoyed fallout uh, we haven't heard from tessa i know she has a lot to say about fallout oh, 76 so much to say. um i i have no interest in fallout never played fallout in my life never seen fallout in my life i will stick to my bioshock before i ever go near fallout (laughs) how's bioshock doing Uh, they had what part three right they've had three so far they have bioshock one and two and then bioshock infinite and infinite i wasn't too impressed with but i love the first two um i enjoyed them i actually recently about what a month or so ago i streamed um i streamed all of them on twitch wow wait so part three doesn't have to nothing to do with what was that the main character from part one he wasn't in it right i don't remember no um he wasn't um and the whole environment for three was completely different from the first two. Uh-huh. Um, one and two, you had you had the setting under in an under underwater 
city called Rapture. And then in the third one, you have have it have it being like a city up in the clouds, and it's like this is not Bioshock. <laughs> I was so I was like I I had so much to rant and rave about that it was unreal. But I'm not I'm not a Fallout girl. Never have been. Never will be. Like I said, I'll stick to my Bioshock and stay far the hell away from Fallout. Yeah. Anybody else who wants to play it, have at it. Exactly. But the only thing I like about Fallout 76 is it has the number 76 in it. Birthday. Ooh. You mean the year you <laughs> was birthday born. Year. <laughs> birthday year. 76. Your height right there. That's it. <laughs> we're we're, we're uh, old folks here. Really quickly, um, I said I played Fallout. Actually, what I played was Fallout Shelter. I looked it up. I've never played Fallout 4. It was Fallout Shelter. So, yeah, I guess it's something totally different. Cyberpunk 2077. In 2077, they voted my city the worst place to live in America. Main issues, sky-high rate of violence, and more people living below the poverty line than anywhere else. It's all true, but everybody still wants to live here. This city's always got a promise for you. Might be a lie, an illusion. The next trailer we're going to be discussing is Cyberpunk 2077. And this is from the game developers CD Projekt Red, published by CD Projekt. Uh, this game is running on the Red Engine 4. It's going to be available for PlayStation 4 and... Uh, <coughs> piece of shit one i mean the xbox one uh <laughs> this is from the <laughs> this is from the creators of the witcher 3 i believe uh or the witcher in general uh, cyberpunk 2077 here's my two cents the trailer looks cool looks nice but i, I played this game before in need didn't we play this game before i think it's called i don't know grand theft auto but it's in the future and most of the things that i know that the the gamer is going to do is let me guess mm, you could change your clothing buy weapons commit crime uh maybe engage yeah, well, maybe engage in non-playable characters, probably prostitutes on the street or something like that, and you gotta engage with them and rescue but them. But you do that in Grand Theft Auto e too. Exactly, and there's this other uh, uh, spin-off from Grand Theft Auto. It was a more comical one. You remember that? I don't remember the title for that one. Yeah. Oh, Gay Tony, something like that? No, no, not Gay Tony. It was another game. We have it in our dustbin over there somewhere that's one of the extras <laughs> and that was the funny one right yeah but Cy i don't think cyberpunk 2077 is going to be a hit uh, it's just grand theft auto and set in the future and you know as much as grand theft auto is uh, you could play it multiplayer and play it so many times it's, it's got to get boring uh, that's my two cents. But the trailer looks cool. Hey, 
for 60 65 dollars i am not dishing out for this game i'll probably get it on gamefly or something like that or ask a friend can i borrow this game sure here's 10 bucks i buy it off of you but i'm not, not for 60 bucks i have never heard of this game <laughs> uh i don't know what to think of it because i've never heard of it and uh i just saw a little bit of the trailer and i have to agree it looks like something something futuristic and uh grand theft auto looking and um yeah um if i wanted to play grand theft auto i will stick to the original grand theft auto and stay away from the futuristic shit <laughs> that's my input paul <laughs> oh, oh okay i guess it's me um anyway <laughs> cyberpunk well let's take a look at this one part in the trailer that almost looks like we have mortal kombat jack in it who would like beating the shit out of the robot or whatever that thing is and because just look at the guy he just jack he just looked like jack from mortal kombat <laughs> um well uh i guess that would kind of look like a futuristic grand theft auto so um yeah i guess i'm gonna stay away from it too because <laughs> I, i'm gonna play grand theft auto and beat people up and steal cars and shoot people and have the army come after me which makes me want to cheat like in the old days and just get millions and millions of money and then get my tank that falls from the sky <laughs> that's with me a launcher um then i'm gonna stick to the original Oh, and that's my sense. <laughs> put that game sheet call for money and just get everything you want. Who has not put in the cheat codes for that tank to fall out of the sky? <laughs> <laughs> not just once either, but like five million times maybe. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, Oops. just just disregard that you're not gonna pass. Uh, get a well get one of the uh the rewards no fuck the rewards you want your tank hell yeah fuck the reward i could pay for the reward later oh man wow that's so true your, your body armor and your health <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah body armor is right wow. and the weapons wow yeah. well i have to agree with all of you now i know why that looks so familiar because I, as I was watching it, I'm thinking, like, this game looks really familiar. Just like maybe they anteed up the uh, the entertainment and the violence a little bit. But you guys are all right. It's Grand Theft Auto. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, that's what it is. That's why it looks so familiar. I couldn't put my hands on it. Um, and I have to agree with all of you. If I want to play Grand Theft Auto, I'm just going to play Grand Theft Auto. Like, cyberpunk just looks like it's I don't know it's, it's just too much nonsense going on in it actually mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. my whole that's my whole take on it I don't know what to make of the uh, trailer it was entertaining <laughs> it was entertaining but it didn't make me want to play the game but the card is cool. I like the way the card is. Yeah, the, the card is cool. cool. The, the, even the, the, the bar fights and everything. I'm like, oh, wow, she just stepped on his head. You can't do that in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's yeah, it's pretty much that. like Grand Theft Auto on steroids. So I was like, yeah, they just made that a Grand Theft Auto and just anteed up the violence and everything, you know, 
probably made the cars just a little bit more more uh, fancy like uh, <laughs> that's why I'm uh, so familiar. <laughs> well, for those of you that want to have a bar fight, there is a VR game for bar fights now. I forget what it's called, but it's straight out bar fighting in VR. Oh god! Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that's incredible. That's interesting. That's incredible. <laughs> ah, here's the name. Saints Row. Oh. Saints Row. Remember Saints Row was in the future. I think it was the last one. Remember they were in the future. About Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh, Saints Row. Remember when they had he had that that the laser dildo gun, remember? Oh yes, yeah, yes, exactly. yes, 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 yes. Yes, they did have a dildo. Yes. I'ma hit you with my dildo. It's my weapon. <laughs> oh boy, oh here we go again. <laughs> Let's see if Cyberpunk has laser shooting dildos. <laughs> you definitely can't do that in Grand Theft Auto. I don't remember that in Grand Theft Auto. Oh, <laughs> Wow, that's how they were doing that super duper hidden weapon that you had to super duper secret refined in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, the super duperness. Yeah, of a later the laser shooting dildo. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, oh my that was <laughs> that was only for Saints Row, and that was the first game but I had to part Google. Four, I believe we had it too. I believe part four had a two because I played it and I believe it had still had dildos in it as weapons. <laughs> wow. And it was to kill the aliens. It was to kill the aliens. There right. you go. Yes. You see, now I remember. Yes. Halo Infinite. Well, I start by saying that I have never played any of the Halo games franchise. In this new no. Halo Infinite, the story centers on Master Chief, and this is according to Polygon.com. Don't go according to me because I never played this before. But the trailer is kind of short, and since I'm not familiar with it, it's really hard for me to know what's going on, if this has any attachment with any other Halo games, any of the clues. So with that said, I'm gonna, I have something here what uh, Chris Lee, the head from 343 Industries, he said Halo Infinite will continue Master Chief Saga after the event of Halo 5. He also went and said 
that the studio wants to make a great Halo game for our fans that also invites new players in our franchise. This game will be released for Xbox <coughs> One and Windows <laughs> PC. There is no release day. Just stay tuned to DK Mac for updates. And let's put Paul on the spot. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, Kenza, what do you think of Halo? Bullshit. Bullshit. Ken, what do you think of Halo? Bullshit. <laughs> Stacy. Uh. Yeah, I don't know what to think of Halo. Actually. So. <laughs> we have Bullshit. nothing to say about Halo. <laughs> nothing. Well, no this comment. is only on yeah. Windows and Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll just say this. If you like Halo, good for you. Um, I don't know why. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> is not our bag <laughs> no um wh any wh why did i put this trailer in there i don't know <laughs> <laughs> because you wanted that that extra mm, in the in the talk the extra <laughs> 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 oh, God. what everybody's gonna get is just a whole bunch of cracking up <laughs> i mean i played halo one. Yeah, once. One. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? The campaign or the multiplayer? Uh, not, not, I did the campaign level one, and that's it. I turned it off. That's, that was it for me. <laughs> I, I remember seeing a trailer for what the hell was it called? Halo Ward. And my first reaction to that stupid trailer was, this is a rip-off of Command & Conquer Red Alert. Mm-hmm, 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 yep, that's right. And then, I'll say it, I am not a fan of Bungie, period. And uh, a couple friends of mine that got their other game, Destiny, they kept asking me, why do you hate Bungie? Why do you hate Bungie? I'm like, because I hate them. I don't need to go into detail why I hate them. You'll soon figure it out because you're playing Destiny. And what happened, he understood at the end of the first Destiny game why I hated Bungie. Because guess what? He hated Bungie too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no comment. Sorry, Bungie, <laughs> not sorry. Wow. Uh, I think this is going to be the shortest segment out of this slate of... Uh, so, Enid, why I ask again, why did I put this trailer in there? I just really don't know, I don't but know. like I said, good for those who want to play it. <laughs> wow. that That's terrible. We all fucking hate this shit. <laughs> 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 At least we all agree on it, though. With a capital F. <laughs> I mean, there was there was no debate, no back and forth. We all fucking hate. We this all shit. hate Halo, infinite or non-infinite. Oh gosh, wow. Uh, at least I think wasn't the, the the animated film was on Netflix, right? I th that was pretty. That good. was pretty that good. Was good. I agree. Right, the I movie was good. All right, all right. 
I could. That was but good. not the game. Don't the play game. the game. No, 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 definitely not the game. I've seen the film, <laughs> but not the game. Not the game. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think I've seen the film once. <laughs> I think I might have fell asleep, but. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh! Wow, that was funny. Whew. Wow, that was a good one. Yeah, I love how Paul was like, "Hey Tessa," and I'm like. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, back to you. Uh, 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 man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny, hilarious. That what a waste of uh, gaming developers' time. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to ask you, why did you put this trailer in? <laughs> Just like uh, Paul said, for filler, we needed a filler. We needed a time slot here. <laughs> no, you should have put in. You should have put in after party. After party, right? Earlier today, uh, Paul had uh, showed me. Well, this is a cool game. Uh, after party, uh, Paul, take it away. You, you, you it's a cool game. Oh, so it's from the same people who created Oxen Oxy Free. Uh if any of you guys heard of that game. Um but anyway, After Party is about the group of teenagers, I'm gonna say, who are like going to college who died. So now they're in hell, which is where they play ping pong all day long and all night long. And in order to escape this hell they have to outdrink the devil. Oh shit! Mm. <laughs> oh wow, that's an interesting uh, concept. Interesting. <laughs> I hope people are smart. <laughs> but it's so cool, and the, the graphics look so. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah, you it's, guys should, it's, check, out, you guys should nice. check out Oxen Free too, because the the game developers that did the after party actually did. Oxen free as well. Oxen free. I played Oxen free, and I thought it was kind of neat. You still need to go through the second playthrough too, because yeah, I know. With, I still well, have to I was gonna say because with Oxen free, you need to at least play the game twice, because when you go back to do the new game plus, as I'm gonna call it, it gives you a different ending. It's a, no, well, not just not just that, because really the ending you get is by the choices you make too, but everything about the game is different now because it's like the game re already knows that you've already played it so the game is kind of like saying oh hey you're back i will get <laughs> to my second playthrough of oxen free after i've finished my fifth playthrough of the evil within two and finished gotia yes that's that, i that's still have to finish that horror game and i still gotta start agony and I still got to finish it, Vampire. Yes, you do. So mm. we need to shut up and let Ken do his thing because we're going to I think he's, I think he's thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> no, I was about to say, Agony is such a wonderful game. Stacy, don't you agree? Don't you enjoy that main character, how it looks, Stacy, for Agony? I don't know. I've never played it. <laughs> she gave silence. <laughs> well, uh, remember, uh, I, I I forward you the informational tidbit on how the character for Agony what it looks like. 
Oh, yeah. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she laughing. Oh, gosh. That's the stuff nightmares are made of. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see, we might yeah, just... We brought this up earlier. And, um... Yeah. How he, I uh, was like, you know, the face of this thing, what does it look like to you? And then he's like, I'm, you know, a vagina. And I turned around after he said that, and I said, a vagina with teeth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it teased the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a face you just don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that all ties into uh, The Last of Us. Are you going to eat that? You see? It all, all ties in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just had to tie it all together. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, I think if you haven't done it yet, you need to start doing it. I think you need to start doing a section for outtakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. This 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 whole segment is an outtake. <laughs> no, Halo is an outtake. <laughs> Segment 3 Exclusive Interviews Paul Dulski Tessa Baker And this is a segment we usually reserve for exclusive interviewees but this time we're going to put our co-hosts on the hot seat Mr. Paul Dusky, Ms. Tessa Baker from Everything Horror Podcast our fellow constituents, journalists in the field of reporting everything horror video games, movies, independent film and our team here at DK Mag are going to have uh, some minutes here to put you guys on a hot seat for some questions and pick your brain on all things horror. Okay, Inid. Inid is going to start. Go ahead. Kick off the first question. Um, I heard you, girl, you guys deal with paranormal. Can we start with that? Yeah, how about it, babe? Why don't you start off since you're more uh, into the field than I am? Well, I don't know necessarily know about that but okay um hi i'm paul Dolsky and uh i used to do ghost hunting back before we did this amazing hobby of ours for everything horror podcast um i have had some weird experiences as well and i mean i at one point in time i almost wanted to make a book of all my experiences because i have so many but one that I definitely will always remember is where we are from uh, in Vermont. We are known or used to be known. It depends on who you talk to, really. But um, we are known as the spiritual capital of the universe. And that was declared by a guy back in the 1800s, I believe 1800s. My, if, I don't really remember dates anymore. Could be 1900 uh, for all I know, I forget. Um, where we used to have the two brothers, which are known as the Eddie brothers, where um, back 
when they were little, they developed the this gift. And the only the reason why I'm saying gift is because you'll understand later on, but gift to the supernatural in a way. And so because of that, the parents sold their own kids to both brothers to a circus. <clears throat> the brothers ended up touring the whole world with this circus. And by the time they got done with the circus, they came back here to Chittenden, Vermont, where they built their Green Mountain Inn. And what they would do is they would perform for people that stayed at their hotel. And you can, and one thing I'll mention to you is if anybody is interested about this, uh, there is in fact a book from the guy himself uh, named Henry S. Olcott, who uh, declared us as the spiritual capital of the universe because he was a journalist from New York who happened to read about the Eddie brothers in some newspaper in New York. I forget what if they said where. It was like New York Times or something, I believe. But word got out about the Eddie brothers. And um, so he was that type of guy that would write, okay, I got to go debunk this. So he actually drove and came all the way to Chittenden, Vermont. And he stayed with the other brothers for, I believe, a week. And he wrote down and drew everything that he witnessed. And at the end of the week, he could not debunk the Eddie brothers. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they did. And the book explained and showed everything that Henry saw and what he even did to even try debunking them, and which to no avail, he couldn't. But anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because there was one night where I'm out in the field where the Eddie brothers are buried and I'm trying to get a EVP record, uh, Electronic voice phenomenon, uh, EVP from hopefully one of the brothers. And uh, I actually did catch something, which Ken, I believe, had the clip as well. And that is, I start to go into a segment about, I'm sorry that your family showed you to the circle, that you were different. But as soon as I tried to stay, like, you had, like, the Abilities or the supernatural or something like that. Right before I say that, I catch a man's voice that is, I believe, trying to correct me by saying we're gift. But what's really odd about it is that it's fast. It's a, definitely a man's voice. And he, right when it, I swear he's trying to say gifted or gift. It gets to like GIF, like G-I-F, and then stops. It's almost like he he wanted to stop. And, or at least if this was one of the Yeti brothers, the other brother probably stopped him from finishing the word. But, uh, Kenneth, you have the clip. I'm very sorry what your parents did to you, that they sold you to the circus. Because you were different from everybody else with your powers of the supernatural.
And it just happens in that like split second we give like really quick. Like I said, if you're wearing headphones, you could hear it right away. I, I listened to it over the speakers, couldn't hear it. But yeah, there is definitely an EVP there. And that would be classified as a class A, I believe. That's the terminology now. So, uh, Paul, uh, have you continued your ghost hunting? Uh, and if so, do you want to jump back into this? Um, I haven't done it in a while because of the last experience I had, which was really not great. Um, so I kind of put it on hold for a while because it was just more like, like there was something wrong and I didn't want to put anybody else in danger. So I kind of put it on hold, but I still do have all my equipment and maybe one of these days I will uh, go back into the field. Yeah. Like <clears throat> when we were discussing earlier, I truly love the paranormal. would love to go ghost hunting. Oh, that is on the bucket list. Definitely. <clears throat> and yeah, but it's not about me. And Tessa question for you. Uh, what brought you into covering the horror genre? Is it a passion or you happen to meet Paul and you share the same interest? Hey, why not just make a podcast and here you are? Well, Paul and I, we share a mutual love of horror and it's actually how we met. Um, we met um, through a mutual friend of ours named Allison, and she has a photography company um, called Variant Vixens, and I was a new, I was a new client, and um, I was coming in to do modeling, and Paul was also um, working on a shoot um, for Faces of Death, and um, he was also trying to promote um, for the brokenhearted. For the brokenhearted, one of his books, and I was coming in as a as a new model, and um, I met Paul, and I went off and I did my shoot with Allison, and then I came back, and then Allison was like, "Well, we're not gonna do Paul's shoot outside because the snow's all melted." So there goes that idea because Paul is originally gonna get murdered outside in the snow, and. And then um, she's like, so we're going to murder him in the bathtub. And she goes, any, any volunteers? And I just, like, raised my hand, no hesitation. And I said, I'll do it. I'll, I'll murder Paul in the bathtub. So um, I, um, I murdered Paul in the bathtub for his photo shoot with his uh, double fantasy blade axe. <laughs> Blood everywhere. Um, so... I had to get comfy in the bathtub, which is put it that way. So I ended up, I believe, falling asleep for like a good 30 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. So there was fake blood everywhere, all over, all over Paul, all over the bathtub, all over the walls, all over me, all over the axe, just everywhere. Good bloody fun. Um, so Paul and I, we share a mutual love of horror. Um, we were best friends before we dated. Um... And then um, 
after six months or so, we decided we were going to give it a try and date. And ever since then, we've been known to our friends and everybody that uh, as the creepy couple. Because we, because we have a, a, a deep love of horror. And just by telling them the way that Tessa just told you guys of how we met, kind of goes, well, that's interesting. Well, that's creepy. Uh, yeah. So. Well, love finds its way in mysterious ways. Well, something like that, right? Oh. Yeah. Love well, finds. You know, it kind of it kind of fits perfectly for us being horror fanatics. You exactly. Know? Uh, that's that's pretty cool. I, I like that story. Uh, and his love works in mysterious. Ways. Love works in mysterious <laughs> ways. Thank you for that correction. Uh, it's true. Look, look how they met. That's amazing. And Stacy, you're you're up. Any questions for our, our... <laughs> okay? So, okay, given your experience in horror, and considering you know what we talked about about remakes and everything, and having different ideas, could you two come up with a a pitch that you would do that you would work on together, like a, a movie that you would work on together? Can you come up with a um, a pre-mod. They want us to come up with the original idea for a horror film. Yes. Shit. We were actually talking about an original horror idea if we were to ever do a film. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, though, because it was just one of those, like, I think it was one of those late night things where we're just, like, half awake, half asleep. And it's yeah, like, laying in bed chit-chatting. <laughs> And then I think that's what happened, but I honestly don't remember. Um, I think it involved, like, something involving one of the urban legends. Yeah. Because we both love urban legend stuff, too, so I think we were kind of... We like the lore aspect and stuff. We would want to do a horror movie that had, like, urban legends and, like, folklore tied into it. Right. I think it was, that was the idea. We definitely would not be doing a remake. <laughs> I'll oh. say that right now. No. no. What's your favorite urban legend? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> oh, man. If, if we would have known this question was going to pop up, we would have gotten our book. <laughs> yeah, we would have gotten our book out. Um... I'm gonna say the hitchhiker or no engine. That one. Oh, yeah. That one's pretty. Yeah, that is pretty good. good. That is a favorite of both of ours. Yeah. Or, or how about the one where uh, stranger in the back seat? Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a good one too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are the two that come to mind right now for me. We anyway. also like to binge watch like Crypt TV and stuff like that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I okay, guess I've never seen there. it. You've never seen like Crip TV or Chiller TV on YouTube? Oh God, you gotta look it up. It's like a whole bunch of short like, stories, short stories like short horror oh. like stuff. You guys should definitely check it out. Um, and I know I'm gonna Kinda be promoting a little bit here, but another thing that we've been watching because we like serial killer stuff too. Uh, we've been watching Murder Maps on oh, yeah. Netflix. Yeah, that's that great. is really, really good. We're actually down to the last three. Last last three episodes. The last three episodes of the entire so s- sad series. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that, 
and there's another three, show. And there's three series to three, three seasons, seasons yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're almost done. <laughs> but yeah, Murder Map on Netflix. I would definitely recommend that as for anybody who likes serial killer stuff. Which I found, by the way. I pointed <laughs> it out at Paul. I was That's... like, oh look, babe, this looks interesting. Let's watch it. And then I found that other one that we started that oh, we need to Requiem. finish. Yeah, Requiem. Yeah, that one's interesting too. But yeah, if if we were gonna make a film, it would not be a remake or reboot or any of that bullshit. It would be it would something be with, with urban legends. Urban legends, yes. Horror lore. Yep, that cool. would be our original film. Cool, cool. We we're looking forward to that. Uh, and here here's one from the covering the horror genre, especially in the indie circuit. What, in your opinions, do you find? Creativity-wise, filmmakers are lacking or are avoiding when they create their horror films. Scares. I'm, I guess scares. There's not really enough scares, I guess. For, like, well, some of them overuse jump, jump scares, scares way too to much. With, with, with poor acting. Mm, yeah. Yeah. falls short and it's just like ugh. i wanted to love it i did but i am just so incredibly i'll say it look at paranormal activity i'll say it paranormal <laughs> activity. and then that last paranormal activity ghost dimension don't even get me started um <laughs> that was the only one i did see actually that was the best <laughs> one <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the way they ended the last one with Ghost Dimension, it how do you go from like an entity to almost like something you would see from like Wreck or Quarantine for people that may not know Wreck. Um, it just I don't know. It just felt like it was ripping off of another film at the end of the last Paranormal, and that kind of depressed me. Just like um the way they ended Alien Covenant, that depressed me. Um, oh, yeah. For you being an, a big Alien fan, ooh. Yeah, that was a no-no. Um, as soon as I saw it coming, I'm just like, really? They can't think of anything original. And what I mean by that is like when, um, what was her name? Danny Daniel. Daniels. Uh, she ducked and had the uh, alien jump against the uh, I don't really know what it was, but like truck thing with a spike, I guess, that was falling out into space. Uh, it almost reminds me of like aliens or look at like alien resurrection with the newborn, like just something stupid like that. It's just like that really the only way we defeat these aliens is by somehow just blasting them into outer space. Um, so that, I don't, um, I don't really know. I mean, if, I guess it really depends on the, the film that you're watching, but I would have to say jump scares get you too, too much. They rely on it a lot. Um, oh, dear. Uh, poor acting seems to be a, uh, up there too. I don't know. Maybe maybe there should have been more background to the characters or something. Like just mm-hmm. just 
there's usually every something missing in almost any film, but then with prequels or sequels, they usually try to help answer the question. But if 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 you want people to see the next film, you kind of want to have some type of knowledge of who's in the film, I guess. Right, right. So, I, I hear you. Yeah, definitely agree with that. The jump scares are overdone, and the acting is. Ugh. B B movie acting, uh, gotta love it. <laughs> right, uh, it, it's I an mean, acquired taste. Well, kind of like what we told you uh, earlier when um, we were getting ready for the next segment, uh, Ken. Like, look at Leatherface, the new one that just came out. That came out on DVD what last year, December nineteenth, I think it was. Right. And today, right now, as we speak, you can get it on amazon for like eight bucks now it i mean that just shows how bad uh things are becoming i mean it's not necessarily the maybe the writer's fault because look at like alien covenant there was what uh six writers on alien covenant way too many people Right, yeah, they but, they they put so many actors in in that part. Uh, yeah. What what can you do? Yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, just gets great depressing. big fucker fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets crazy. Uh, yeah. And um. Did I hit? Yes, you hit everything. Okay. <laughs> you covered it all. I don't even have to add anything. Anything because okay. you covered it. Okay. Good job, babe. Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> and everything horror podcast. How did this start? Where is it going? Where is it headed? What is your preferred medium when it comes to everything horror podcast? Um, well, we started last year, February 12th of 2017. Um, I was actually listening to some podcasts on Podbean when I was at work. And then when the new year hit, it was probably around last year, end of January, when I got home from work one day and I just looked at Tessa and I just said, you know what? I think we need a hobby. And how would you feel about doing a podcast about horror? And we can just talk about our love for horror. And then maybe eventually when we feel comfortable enough to come out of our comfort zone, we can um, explore more with interviews and reviews and stuff like that meet new people and that kind of how we uh began we we had friends come on our show just to kind of help us like talk about talk about stuff and, and that, get different opinions and insight about horror yep and then when was it it was two months or so later we ended up getting our first interview with both writers and producer of Dit Day Massacre. And that was that was fun. Um for those of you that may not know, Dit Day Massacre is uh written by Daniel P. Coughlin and Ryan Coughlin, which if you guys might be thinking to yourself, man, Daniel P. Coughlin sounds familiar. It's because he wrote the two 
2007 or six movie called Wake Dead, which was part of the eight films to die for. Ah, okay, I remember that. Oh, that's that was some that was a great series back then. Oh yeah, I oh. loved that. And so when I found out that's who we we're gonna be interviewing, my I won't lie, I had a fanboy moment. I was like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if we're prepared for this. So, um, uh, which was actually kind of cool because when we went into the first ever interview for Everything Horror Podcast, not only was it our first interview, but for those three, which was, I'll say it again, Daniel P. Coughlin, Ryan Coughlin, and Megan Waters, it was actually their very first uh, interview for a podcast. So, uh-huh. So it kind of helped both of us. It helped us both. So we kind of felt comfortable enough. And I mean, at the end of the interview, uh, Daniel P. Coughlin and Ryan Coughlin actually let me send out my copy of Wake Dead for them to sign for me in blood. Oh, in blood. That's what they said. (laughs) 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 Wow. That's deep. That's sign deep. my copy in blood. <laughs> I mean, I feel, I feel we've come a long way from like our very first episode. I think we've grown, but I still think we have a lot of growing. Um, to yeah, do. we're still a baby. Yeah, we're still relatively new to the scene, and we've got a lot of growing to do. And it's just, it's just a a really fun hobby, and we both just love horror so much. So. Like the Everything Horror podcast is essentially our baby, and um, just it, like you guys with DK Mag, so it's probably it's, your baby too. Oh yeah, it's just it's... <laughs> you know, it's just something that we just love doing, and we wanna we wanna build it and help it grow, you know, and evolve and make it better. And we've had to revamp it. You know, somehow. due to due to uh, personal issues, but yeah, personal um, issues and co- conflicts of interest with other parties, but yeah, yeah, but we've handled it, and um, we just and we actually took a two month break because we actually did a charity for um for to raise money for cancer, and during that two months. you know, it was pretty relaxing, and now as we came back because our focus at the time was for the charity and which we had done because um it it was called in remembrance and horror and it was a charity that we did uh with one up on cancer and um it was um it was um it was me and a couple of friends and uh paul helped me too and it was um, pretty much my way of honoring my dad, um, who I lost to lung cancer in 2012. Mm. So um, it was kind of my way of honoring his memory and honoring those, you know, still fighting, still fighting, or, or who have lost and who have, you know, survived. It. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty much my way of doing that. So it was a charity that meant a lot to me. And, um, yeah, 
And then we did that. Just then we did that, and once that finished, we just said, "Okay, now it's time I think to come back." Now time to come back, well, and um, and here we are. Oh well, welcome back, and that's 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 an awesome deed that you have done to raise awareness and raise funding for for cancer. Yeah, I, I, we appreciate it. We are actually planning on the next charity. For October. for October, which starts actually on September 1st. And we encourage anybody and everybody that um, that would like to help to just share our link or just be part of our uh, horror family as it comes to the charity, really. Um, yeah, just even by spreading the word, it helps. Yeah. Like, like, like we said during the campaign, even if just a dollar can help save somebody's life by paying somebody's bill and if you can't even do that sharing is just as effective yeah absolutely absolutely and and that our goal for uh the next charity well best of luck and also uh posted everywhere raise that awareness that's so important these days uh you know with the power of social media just spreading the word it becomes much much more easier and persons sometimes they get sidetracked with all the shit that's going on in the world it's always good to showcase the the good deeds uh that got un unrecognized at times you know yeah i mean uh we're also people who back projects on in indiegogo and kickstarter because we believe in some of these projects too and i am um like one of the guys that i backed a long time ago uh four years ago actually uh was you guys may have heard of it but it was for the fan made film called silent hill requiem mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah uh, i've heard of that we, yes yeah, we actually got a chance to interview him as well. Uh, Garris Morgan from Genus Films. Such a great guy. And I mean, I gave him mad respect for Silent Hill Requiem. One guy just making that entire two-hour movie is just insane. All the editing, all, shooting it, directing it, writing it. Like, he did everything except for the music. Wow. And props to him and he's actually right now working on a couple uh other projects right now one being the sequel to silent hill requiem which is called uh silent hill leviathan or something like that um it did have an indiegogo on it didn't meet the goal but he still got some of the money because um he did it as like a fixed project which he would tell me about that, the difference between Indiegogo and Kickstarter, which I didn't even know. But yeah, it was nice. Um, one thing I will throw out too is during our year of being a baby podcast, we were able to interview nine people. And that's also having Daniel P. Coughlin and Ryan Coughlin coming back as a, uh, the second time too and bill Oberst jr and yeah we um, we got a chance to interview bill Oberst jr who is 
crazy when it comes to acting. Um, he does a lot of acting. He he's always busy. So he he offered us an interview. Uh, we did a CEO interview guy from Enix Studio working on a game. Uh, we did a guy who created Halloween music. His his uh his solo project. I call it solo project because it's just like him doing it. It's called Shadow Sympathy. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have we actually have a list on our website under the About Me page where I listed everybody we've interviewed, and it's just it was just amazing for them to give us their time. And they, as as far as I know, they enjoyed our um, our interviews. So yeah, they did. They they um, they always enjoyed you know, coming on and talking with us. And, um, I think one of the proudest moments I'll say to you before, if there's another question, but, um, one, one of the proud, proudest things I think I, uh, me and Tessa heard that put a smile on our face was the last interview we did back in March. And that was the return of Daniel P. Coughlin and Ryan Coughlin. And then we added the, uh, actor, known as Trevor Torsef, who mm-hmm. played Kane in Lake Dead. Okay. And Trevor Torsef was, at the time, kind of skeptical about coming on to our podcast. <laughs> Why? He, you know, well, I don't blame him. He never physically met us before. He didn't know what to expect. But that interview didn't even become, like, an interview. It, it, it turned into a roundtable because everybody was just having so much we were just pretty much pinging and bouncing off of each other like, yeah like everybody was everybody was asking a question which was awesome and then the one thing I, I won't forget is when trevor goes i'm actually having a good time here and i was just like awesome that's always good to hear oh absolutely that's the way... yeah and i mean like with ken with you uh I know you interviewed Jimmy uh, Dempster. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yes, Jimmy Dempster. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 He even reached out to us. And I know he's been busy. So I've been trying to talk to him too. So, uh, so yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll be able to get Jimmy on our show as well. Yeah. But. Uh- I tell you, you say start everything horror podcast started out as a hobby. Same thing here with DK Mag started out as a hobby, and from there it just goes into a full time a, a baby. You have to take care of it. I call it the monster because you have to feed the monster. You don't feed the monster, the, the monster is not going to grow. You got to feed the monster the content, content for the audience, and it becomes a part-time job and a full-time job and next thing you know it you you have to have a whole planner on schedule this and do that and yeah it's it's great and this is the future for journalism yeah i don't what do you guys think of the word blogger or i think that's that's a derogatory statement because there's no such thing as a blogger if you receive content you're providing content you're a journalist what do you guys think about that term? 
Um, yes and no. Um, I guess you could say you could say blogger maybe back in 2000, but as of now, um, podcasts seem to be getting more popular now. So I kind of agree with you that I guess it is starting to become the new way of being journalism. So, and I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe pretty soon everything's going to be podcast or blogging or I, as much as I hate to say that, but like, you know, you just never know. Um, the world always is full of surprises. Where do you, where do you think the future, the future of horror is headed as far as just like, uh, horror in general? Um, we've, uh, talked about films, video games, uh, what do you think the future of horror is headed? That's kind of tough because it could go either way because Paul and I, we did an episode a while back called, um, what was it? Horror, What the Fuck Happened? Yeah. And, um, we were talking about the fact that Hollywood was just doing nothing about remakes and boot, and we were pretty kinda, much butchering horror. Yeah, we were pretty much saying, genre. "What the hell is going on? All it is is jump scares and just reboots. Like, what happened to original scary ideas?" Um, and uh, speaking of original and scary ideas, um, I have a question for you guys: Have you guys? heard and seen the trailer for the upcoming summer shark movie called the meg oh yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh yeah stacy you uh, you know my opinion already <laughs> <laughs> well um i i'm kind of excited about it um i do like Jason Statham, I always butcher his last name. Jason Statham, I think his last name is. Um, but I don't know. I can't really weigh in too much opinion based on the trailer alone. It's, 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 it has a lot of mystery to it, um, but it also kind of reminds me of um, Jaws. What was that? Jaws. That, that, that movie uh, about. Uh, Moby Dick. What was it called? With um, Moby. Chris Hemsworth. No, with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Chris the Hemsworth. Heart of the Sea, or something uh-huh. like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like based on the trade, it kind of reminded me of that where there's this uh, low, low pending uh, mystery or slow pending suspense is going to happen. But then, you know, uh, nothing much happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so. Well, when I first kind of saw the trailer, I was kind of like, is this supposed to be funny or is this supposed to be, like, serious? <laughs> so that was my first impression. And maybe that's just because of I'm getting older and I'm getting sick of what I'm seeing coming out of Hollywood. I don't know. Um, it, it seems cool. I'll probably watch it. Well, we, we recently saw, uh, what was that movie that came out? 47 meters down. Uh, yeah. That was really Oh yeah. God, that was God awful. Yeah. <laughs> I was so just, <laughs> I was incredibly disappointed. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? 
Is it for for me? If it's it's gonna take a lot, uh, even with this this strangers reboot, is it just a reboot? In my opinion, I was looking that forward to it. I was reboot. For, I think so. It was a reboot. It felt like a reboot. It didn't feel like a sequel to me. Uh, and oh God. I was looking forward to it. Because I was like, yes, all right. I love this concept. Inid, what happened when I went to the movies? He fell asleep. I fell asleep. I don't know what happened. I, I only saw the first oh. five minutes and the last 15 minutes. That was it. Yeah, and I had to deal with the torture of the movie throughout the whole thing. I don't think I watched the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing it's, of what? The Oh, you probably fell asleep, yeah. Um, <laughs> before I went back to the thought, speaking of reboots, I forgot to mention this earlier when we were talking to Red, about Red and Evil, so I apologize, but they, I don't know if you guys heard, but they're planning on rebooting, rebooting the action fucking live films again. Oh, yeah. They're, of course. I heard yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, if if you were unaware, you see, you would know when the film franchise for a horror film franchise is done. I mean, put, put a knife through it, it's done. I think that's the term. It's one of those terms. I keep fucking up this term tonight. But when a horror movie is released in January, just like Insidious, The Key, and Resident Evil, and Underworld, that is the worst month for a film to be released the studios, the Hollywood studios have no faith in it. And once you see that happen, the, the series, the franchise, the film, it's done. It's, it's garbage. And that happened with Resident Evil, Underworld, Insidious the Key, countless others. January is just fucked up month for horror movie releases. And Well, yeah. I wasn't too impressed with Insidious slash Key because I saw the movie poster for that thing. And right off the back, I said, man, this, they, see, Hollywood can't think of anything original because in Kitty's last key, movie poster looks house. like a ripoff, don't knock twice. And house. I was said, it house? It was house. God. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, oh my God. Exactly. And, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, kind of like what we were saying before, the way the horror genre is going. It's 50-50. I mean, um, me and Tessa recently re reviewed a film that we just got on DVDs for 10 bucks called The Ballerina. That was a really good original ghost story. I honestly didn't really see the ending coming. I probably should have, but I didn't. But the way they did it was just well done. Um, we recently just did a review for an upcoming Canadian film called uh, Darken. Darken. Yes, the Darken. That's great right there. I enjoyed every minute of that. And those type of movies, even though I know Darken is like a sci-fi thriller, but stuff like that gives me hope, a little bit of hope for the future when God. it comes to non-Hollywood <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i get you i get you and to close out the comment here is an here's the final question for both of you what is your comment for those out listening 
filmmakers who are jumping into the foray of creating their first film or someone creating their first podcast? What is your comment to them uh, just going forward with their project? Well, for writers and filmmakers that are just starting, um, write it from your heart. Don't let anybody else tell you how to write your film. And don't let anybody change the way that you your, change your vision. Yes. And just go with what your heart says. And that's it. And even if you have to do everything yourself, then so be it. Because at least then it's your work. It's the vision you wanted. And it doesn't have like five other writers and directors to screw it up. Uh, as for people possibly starting a podcast, um, make sure it's something, make sure you're, it's something like a podcast you're doing. It's something that you love, like a subject that you treat it as if it's your baby. Yeah. Treat it as if it's a real live baby where if you drop it, it's going to die. Or if you, you want to, you want to nurture it and you want to help it grow. Yeah. And that would be my way of doing it. Otherwise, if you are like me and Tessa here, where we kind of have trouble being uh, socializing, right? This is brand new to us, what we're doing with Ken. And I mean, I can't thank Ken enough for inviting us on right now. Yeah, Um, this is a whole new experience. Yeah, I mean, as you probably heard throughout earlier with Tessa, she just was nervous because me and... Me and Tessa, we we want to make sure our first impressions are good enough for people while being ourselves. And that's the way your podcast or really anything just needs to be. Be yourself. And if nobody likes it, tell them, get the fuck out. <laughs> There's the door. Shit. You don't change who you are for anybody. Yeah. And we haven't changed. And if anything, we're just growing and learning at the same time. Absolutely. And that, my friend, is how your dreams and hobbies come to life. Segment 5. Trailer First Impressions, The Song of Solomon. Your mother asked me to come speak with you. I understand you're having difficulties after the passing of your father. No. We have a young woman. Possessed. Kicking off our trailer first impression segment is the trailer for The Song of Solomon. This is written by Stefan Biro. He also serves as director. And Stefan Biro, for those who are unaware ceo of unearth films uh this is a film distribution company that they focus on the more violent side of horror this is the stuff that you don't see in cinemas or in dvd well yeah dvd but it's so underground that term underground because of the violent content american guinea pig the song of solomon will be releasing this year here is the synopsis the catholic church is trying to save an innocent soul from the ravages of satanic possession 
wave after wave of holy men are sent to confront the possessed. Uh, I love the theme of exorcism. Exorcism movies are, you don't know if they're real, you don't know if they're fake, uh, Catholic Church involved, all this stuff going on, good versus evil. It, it kind of overstated its welcome and horror. The best one, in my opinion, The Exorcist, the fucking crab walk still freaks me out to this day. I don't know why. Uh, but the Song of Solomon, it has violent content. It has supposedly, it's supposed to have real exorcism rituals taken from the real book that the priests use. That's cool. But I don't see Song of Solomon really breaking out uh, in the genre mainly because of the violent content if it was something more marketable more mainstream even in the independent sector i think song of solomon could break barriers but since it's so remains so niche it's just gonna remain as is i honestly haven't seen the trailer for it to be honest um I probably now I kind of want to check it out <laughs> um, just to see it. But um, you were talking about the exorcist and all of that. And um, I actually liked um, the exorcist. Um, and you like anything with exorcism anyway, right? Like most, um, most, most, most stuff, if it's done well, if it's done well. I like movies with exorcisms in them, but they have to be done well. They can't be like a piece of shit. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, but um, I will definitely have to check out the trailer. So, um, actually, Ken, I think we've been covering Song of Solomon for quite a while, and I feel like it's been forever, and it's finally uh, coming out soon. So, I'm really excited about that. Um, but this trailer, I think we've seen even like earlier trailers that were, or were there teaser trailers that were even more than this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the you covered Songs of Solomon, American Guinea Pig, Songs of Solomon, two years yeah. ago. Two years ago. Now it's yeah. Out. yeah. I, I, I. I was wondering, I was like, wait a minute, I feel like we've been covering this with like teaser trailers and announcements for quite a while now. So it's been in the works for how long? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, what's, what's been going on with it? Has it been having a setback? Oh, perhaps. We never know. Okay. But, uh, well, yeah, but I mean, this trailer here. I feel like there was like an earlier teaser trailer that we've seen that I like much better. Um, but American Guinea Pig, um, I am familiar with uh, their films because they've made, um, I think I get them mixed up. I want to make sure American Guinea Pig, they made like the flowers of flesh and uh, what mm -hmm. is it? Flowers of flesh and... Yeah, I haven't... I haven't really followed the American Guinea Pig trilogy. So, uh, I, the visuals. Oh, no. Look, okay. No. Well, I, oh, American Guinea Pig is like, I've seen 
uh, The Devil's Experiment, and honestly, The Devil's Experiment wasn't that great. It was like the best part of it. I mean, this is going to be a spoiler alert, but the best part of the of The Devil's Experiment was when they stuck a needle in her eye. Mm. <laughs> and it's like okay it was one of those films where uh you're watching 30 40 minutes straight of like nothing much going on really and it kind of it's kind of like a snuff film kind of like snuff films is what they are they're uh under underground films so when you it's like you you've heard of the august underground trilogy right yeah of course i've seen uh, the devil's experiment and i've seen uh mermaid in a manhole which is probably actually my favorite one mermaid in a manhole and i've only heard about flowers of what is it flowers of flesh and death or something like that or a bouquet of blood guts and gore i forget but um but i think they make those you know like underground snuff kind of films like uh august underground you know and those slow torture films but they're so cheesy (laughs) Well, um, I'm going to agree with you guys on one thing. I haven't ever heard of this American guinea pig thing, so it's definitely underground. Um, so I, I actually didn't get a chance to see the trailer either, and I kind of feel bad because it already sounds interesting, and I'm definitely like uh, exorcism movies, like... Um, Besides The Exorcist, one of my other favorites has to be like The Right with Anthony Hopkins. Oh God, love and, that movie. Um, and I love most movies with Anthony Hopkins in it. The only other one, uh, I'm trying to remember the other one that I kind of would just like, meh, whatever. I know um, uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose was just meh, even though that's supposedly based on true events. And then there's another one that I cannot remember, but they made like two or three movies for, I just can't remember the name right now. <clears throat> oh, I feel, I always feel bad, but, um. America Guinea Pig is, uh, is not like real, they are fiction, but just the way they play out, you know, kind of reminds you of snuff films. That's how like underground, um. Uh, can- cannibal Holocaust? <laughs> 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 right. Uh, yeah. In a way. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, actually, uh, like in terms of cinematography and everything, like uh, *Cannibal Holocaust* was awesome. I, you know, I loved it. Um, but *American Guinea Pig*, like, like I said, like, de- like the *Devil's uh, Experiment* was just horrible. The quality was horrible. Like the the whole concept of it was good. Like that is. I think it was a young woman. She was um, she was held prisoner and subjected to you know torture and everything. Like there's this, there's this one thing where they're kind of uh, torturing her with raw meat. <laughs> 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 they're just she's just like strapped up to this chair. This uh, I think it was a chair something in the in a basement, you know, and they're throwing raw meat at her. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? That's, because the wow. quality was so cheap, but the way it's filmed kind of reminds you of snuff, snuff film. Hmm. I'll have to maybe I'll have to check it out more to really, hmm. I guess, fully understand. Oh it. yeah, 
in but and you can find that one on youtube i found uh the devil's experiment on youtube mermaid in a manhole i found on youtube as well say that one again mermaid in the manhole <laughs> yeah mermaid in the manhole is pretty much about like this guy he finds a mermaid inside of a manhole oh, and um yeah and she's sitting she's sitting there and says so she's out of her natural habitat her body is rotting up and decaying um, but he takes her back to his apartment because he wants to paint her portrait so <laughs> it's actually kind of weird because it's it's so gross. It's so gross. Oh, go ahead. I'm just thinking. Is this oh, no. the one where the mermaid like turns on the guy, like like eats him or something? Or am I thinking of something? No, no, no. That's up to no. This one, um, it's it's like poetic but gross at the same time. Um, he's sitting there. He want he's trying to paint her portrait while she's just like sitting in a, in his bathtub. Just her body's rotting up and decaying and everything, but she holds on to her dear life so he could paint her portrait. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's so weird. It's a, it's weird. It really is. <clears throat> Unfriended, dark web. Yo, hey buddy, how you doing? Yay. It is game night. Oh, are you ready for this? I got a new laptop. Actually new. There's a cyber cafe that I've been working at, and this computer was sitting in the lost and found for the last three or four weeks. Hang on, you stole someone's computer? I didn't steal it. Oh, yeah, okay. That's messed up. And I found this folder. It was hidden. And it automatically connects you to this thing. Dude, this is dark web. What's dark web? Part of the internet where no one can track you. Sell out drugs, illegal IDs, even... Unfriended dark web tells a story about a teen who comes into possession of a new laptop and finds that it may have been stolen. He discovers the previous owner may be watching every move he makes and will do anything to get it back. Um, it's directed by Stephen Susco, who also writes the script, uh, starring Rebecca Rittenhouse, Chelsea Alden, Steve Gabriel, Andrew Lee and Colin Woodell. Um, I think I like this trailer so much because I used to be and still kind of am uh, fascinated with the whole like you know concept of the dark web and what like I just went on this whole and everything, but I've never been brave enough to actually install it to a browser to get you know to get access to it just based on research and reviews I've read. But, um, so I think that's why this trailer interests me a lot. And uh, it actually, it, it looks like it's a found footage. Um, and usually I'm not a big fan of found footage films, but the way this plays out looks very intense. I think it's kind of interesting how they're making a movie about the dark web and, um, you see video games nowadays even messing around with like the dark web and uh that's pretty interesting i mean from what i saw from the trailer of unfriended i, I have to agree with you it was intense looking um but i'm just noticing a pattern that like the dark web is just starting to just like spread everywhere whether it's like games 
or films or something, it's being mentioned somewhere. Um, I'll continue what you were saying. Uh, yeah, it does seem like the dark web is becoming the new uh, trend. But <laughs> I hate that goddamn word too. But like you said, we there's games now. Um, films are now seem to be getting inspired because of the games that are talking about dark web and not only that but we get creepy we got creepy pastas that talk about the dark web and horror stories and whatever and um i think you and me were talking about it too when we saw that trailer where we're just like oh god what type of uh unnecessary attention are we gonna get for this or like like you, something along the lines of what type of uh, spotlight is dark web gonna get, and what is it, and who is gonna um, notice it and probably take advantage of that? And like, I mean, who knows? Who knows what can happen? But as for the trailer in general, um, as for somebody who didn't watch the first one, because I ain't gonna lie, the trailer for the first one looked hella stupid. And I didn't really hear much great things about the first film either, so I don't know if it's even good or not, but I noticed, like I was saying, um, or saying earlier too about Letterface, which I don't know if that segment of me talking about Letterface ever got recorded, but uh, just to throw it out there, you got a film like Letterface that recently came out on DVD back in December, and now the price has dropped down so much because people don't like it. So, and now it's just wondering, are they making this sequel or whatever it's supposed to be for Dark Web because of the fact that Dark Web is starting to become the new trend for horror stuff? Because don't, I, I'll admit, Dark Web does seem a little bit creepy, because I mean, you gotta protect yourself, otherwise you could be wound up next into one of those type of uh, snuff videos on the internet where you gotta uh, pick somebody's life to save or your head's gonna get blown off or something, so I'm kinda wanting to see this one, which is kind of sad, but I also don't want to see it, so I don't know. You're on the fence about it. I'm, not, I'm still on the fence about it, but like you were saying, Tessa, though, it seems like this is becoming the new trend. Uh, for me, uh, I didn't see the first one. I, I just don't enjoy these concepts of the, the protagonist being in front of the computer throughout the whole film. It just doesn't attract me whatsoever. There's no development. There's no character. When you write a story, you have to have a character development. They have to change from act one to act three, uh, an evolution. Uh, I've seen films like this. There's no evolution. It's just a guy sitting in front of the camera. In this case, it's a bunch of people. Uh, each, each of them get picked off from some stupid reason. And I have to agree with both of you, Paul and Tessa. The dark web has become the new boogeyman. It's, it's not is not like that at all. Uh, if you go to the dark web, there's there's documents there that people upload, uh, government cover-ups and stuff like that. That's why you have WikiLeaks. That's, they get their governments from there. Uh, they get their documents from there. Um, 
but of course you have the pedos and all that uh, negative stuff that the media just puts that under the microscope and makes it look like a bad thing i've went there nothing so spectacular about it <laughs> yeah so the dark web is the new boogeyman that's that's about it for this yeah not not my personal choice for a horror film dead envy the coral runs up his back and it comes from the outside world That same dog beers. I feel like a dog. Javi! Cecily, right? Yeah. Seems like you're just getting started. If you're looking for someone that's eager to learn, I'm your man. Dead Envy dropped in our inbox uh, from one of our um, film distributors. Uh, they sent us over. I say, okay, this doesn't look like hard to me. Go on INDB. It says drama, music, thriller. Still is not convincing. The trailer uh, has, it, you know, the trailer reminds me of daytime soap operas with a little bit of color tone and some tension music added to it. Hairstylist, aging rocker, uh, betrayal, I don't know about that. Uh, the film is directed by Harley Dinaro. She also serves as co-writer alongside Stacy Hula. And the synopsis is a drama thriller about rock music, obsession, shampoo, and death. Aging rock musician David Tangiers has given up on the idea of recording a comeback album even though he now works as a hairstylist in a salon he owns with his wife, Cecile, after a mysterious new talent named Javery Bates makes his way into David's life, Cecile tries to recruit him to help David with his music, only to find that Javery has an agenda of his own. Uh, the synopsis right there... Um, Todd, Marsha, Marsha, Todd, uh, the bold and the beautiful. This is what it sounds like to me. You need, uh, what is your opinion on Dead Envy? Soap opera or not? Well, what I actually saw in this trailer is a jealous hairstylist hmm. who is in love with a guy and is willing to do anything to kill for him, just to have him. That's what I noticed. Yeah, soap opera. Yeah. Yeah, the bold and the beautiful. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> a general hospital. Uh, no, general hospital. That's the, that's just the lawn. Yep. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tessa, uh, have you seen this trailer? <laughs> no, I have not. Oh great! No. You saved yourself thirty seconds. <laughs> From the sound of it, I don't even know if I even want to see the trailer. If it like a it sounds soap like opera. a soap opera. You are missing yeah. nothing. Not missing anything. Okay, well, in that case, we have no comment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, hey, um, B-movie acting, soap opera, shampoo. There, we, we summed that's up... That's a hair washing. And that's a hair washing. <laughs> uh, summed up 90 minutes and 10-second commentary. Stacey, you seen, the, <laughs> you seen the trailer? What do you think? Uh, yes, and I actually have to agree with um, Anita looks like a um soap opera so not really uh 
that fond of the trailer. Mm, 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 mm. Wow, move it along. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like going back to earlier with freaking cyberpunk in Halo. Yeah. No comment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so hey, it, as I as I said in the opener, it arrived in our inbox. I see a bloody the poster has a guitar with blood on it. I say, oh, ooh, it's interesting because there's a lot of horror movies that have rock and all this stuff. All right, cool. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, I tell Thumbs you. Thumbs it up right there. Minutes to midnight. Last storm we had like this one. A lot of people got hurt. A lot of people went missing for days. Concluding perimeter search of forest. So far, so good. Hey! You know you're not supposed to be out here. Do you hear me talking to you? What are you guys doing up here? It's New Year's Eve. I know it's New Year's Eve, but have you seen the weather report, the storm? Get out of this place. I start by saying that this trailer reminds me of a typical movie that has a monsters, human being chasing and killing others. Oh my god, there is a masked man killer on the loose and let me run away screaming before it kills me and oops, I'm dead and got caught. We have classics like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street that gave us a scare back in the day. So why would I want to watch a movie that is similar to these classics? Here's the synopsis. On the cups of New Year's Eve, seven friends and a mysterious backpacker coverage at a desolate ski lodge in the mountains when they are systematically hunted down by ruthless masked men with a cryptic agenda. This film is directed by Christopher Ray, written by Victoria Daddy and Christopher M. Don, and the stars are William Bowen, Richard Grieco, and Bill Mosley. Well, actually, by just having Billy William Bowen in it, what that says about the movie? What do you guys think? Um, so we just watched the trailer. <clears throat> I'm not impressed. <laughs> not even a little bit but I did kind of notice something babe and I don't know if you saw it too but the kind of the flash of the house the front of the house it kind of looks like the front of the the thing from like like dead the, oh, the building like the like cottage dead. yeah the cottage thing from like dead <laughs> I was just kind of like are they using the same freaking place Mm, could be. Never know. No, wait. They couldn't because that place got burned down. Did it? I believe so. Mm, well, that's a pretty good Daniel, Daniel and Ryan were telling us about the place burned down. Some place burned down. But I think it was that place. Um. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It, it didn't really pique my interest, even with William Baldwin in it. So, um, yeah, it doesn't really grasp my attention so uh paul really um yeah first of all when i saw minutes to midnight i was almost like oh we're gonna be talking about this band called minutes to midnight which is actually there is a band called minutes to midnight so i'm like oh cool and then i'm like wait this is a movie (laughs) (laughs) i'm like um okay but yeah after seeing the trailer um 
a couple of things reminded me of other movies, like with all the all the people in the cottage with the mysterious person. It seems like uh, Batpacker, I guess. Um, kind of reminds me of the scene in Dead Snow when that random like hiker skier guy comes knocking on the wood or the cottage and like tells all the kids like you shouldn't be here. Blah, just a cursed land, blah. And like, you know, then, you know, the guy ends up dying, of course, by the zombies, the Nazi zombies and stuff. But that's kind of like what this is. And I can kind of see what you guys mean about like Friday the 13th and stuff. It's just like, it's just one of those other type of now mass murderer thing which this guy does look kind of interesting. I'll say, but um, it's it's just another one of those films that we've all seen. That's all. I mean, it's oh wow, wow, wow. There is no good words that is going to come out of my mouth for this film. I mean, Richard Grieco, really, and what is it, William Baldwin? Mm-hmm. Oh man, come on! This is the downfall, the down points of their careers. Uh, hey horror movies are horror movies slashes are slashes but keep giving us the same regurgitated content Uh, the cabin in the woods a bunch of backpackers let me guess let me guess you need their cell phones don't work right like always like always like fucking we got t-mobile we got t-mobile at&t everywhere their cell phones are not gonna work in this film really I, hey, and well, I gotta admit, the 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 creature killer thingy. At least the costuming looks good. Uh, that's a good highlight. Uh, but that's about it. Everything else is so generic. Corny. Yeah, corny. Uh, I think the only thing that really stood out for me was the ma- uh the mask, but you know, character. Uh. Other than that, that's really it. I guess I'll also add, do we get to see tripping bitches? <laughs> Did I hear right? Did I hear right? Is that a is that a movie or a band? <laughs> what tripping bitches? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I'm talking. I'm actually talking about when you know women run and then they fall. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah! That okay. is so good. I, I get movies. it. I'm a, no, yeah. You know what? That's a that's a cool name for a band. They trip over their own two feet. They trip over their own two feet or trip over their shoelace or something. That always happens. Yeah. Yes. And then we can't forget about the uh, the landline with the cut the cut wire. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, is this so what's generic? That, that, and the running through the woods. Jason meme. Um, that meme with Jason when he when he's like, I'll just wait until she trips. Yeah. Bitch is always tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all never saw that meme. I think that's what he meant by that. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly what I meant. About it. What? Yeah, the, hey. I had to think about it. The, uh, I had to ask because you never know. There's some punk rock bands. They have some cool names. Trippin' bitches should be one of them. That's hey. Oh, there is a band called the Butcher Babies. I mean, hey. <laughs> you see, next? there you go. Oh wow. 
but minutes to midnight just falls into that halo category we all uh, what the fuck is this shit <laughs> we have no <laughs> love for it we have lots of hate i can put it on the west but <laughs> This, one of those. this is like one of those things like why did i put this trailer on here again oh right we needed time we needed we needed something to um vent and complain about we just needed to talk about and complain about it <laughs> sorry viewers i mean listeners um sorry Thank you for tuning in to DK Mag Podcast Season 7, Episode 12. My name is Ken Artuz, founder for DK Mag, and joining me as co-host were Enid Artuz, content contributor. And don't forget, check us out in Google Music. Stacey Pass, staff correspondent. Be sure to stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com. Your donations will help us bring future episodes. As a patron, you'll receive bonus content as well as free and discounted on upcoming DK Mag merchandise. And much applause, many thank you to our special guest co host, Everything Horror Podcast, Mr. Paul Dosky, Ms. Tessa Baker. Thank you very much for having us, guys. It was a pleasure. Hopefully we didn't bore you guys too much. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of fun. I knew it. We're fired. <laughs> so fired. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for uh, your, your sharing your opinions on these trailers, the game trailers, uh, movie news. Learn something new. Uh, My awkward nervousness. <laughs> yeah that was pretty good for a new experience uh, it, it, the power of editing compels you comp- <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you that was a good one that was a good one I gotta give you that that was a good one <laughs> wow. I knew you'd like it <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was it was definitely a blast we glad to have you on the show and like I, like I mentioned uh, from future shows as well I, I enjoyed the chemistry and the, the conversational pieces and everything that falls along in this episode <laughs> good good we try to like we said before like when we were when you were interviewing us we just like even with people listening writers non-writers whatever um just be yourself and don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. And if uh, anybody doesn't like you, there's the door. Um, but yes, uh, Ken, I, I, we can't thank you enough anyway for the opportunity of inviting you, inviting us on to uh, your show your with everybody. And um, yeah, it was quite nerve wracking, not gonna lie, because I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. People I haven't met yet. I don't even know what we're gonna do for first impression. So, fuck it, let's go into it. Let's <laughs> wing it. We'll wing it, yeah. But no, thank you guys a lot. It was actually really fun, even though Ken here outschooled us, but that's okay. <laughs> we're still no. learning. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I gotta say, it it was a pleasure. Thank you. And also, 
uh, be sure listeners out there to tune in to DK Mag Podcast we're on Google Music iTunes Spotify tune in did I catch you everything you need yeah I always m- miss one the social yeah Podbean of course Podbean iTunes, you got iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. And we are on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, MeWe. MeWe. We haven't been on MeWe for a while. we got to re- reinvigorate MeWe. We're on Google Plus for whoever's on Google Plus. We are on there as well. Uh, there's some ghouls and goblins on Google Plus. You can find us anywhere at DK Mag. We are not DK or the letter DK or DK Magazine, which brings me laughter every time I see someone write DK Magazine. Uh, We're DK Mag. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as for people possibly starting a podcast, um, make sure it's something, make sure you're, it's something like a podcast you're doing. It's something that you love, like a subject that you treat it as if it's your baby. Yeah. If a real live baby where if you drop it, it's going to die. Or if you, you want to, you want to nurture it and you want to help it grow. Yeah. And that would be my way of doing it. Otherwise, me and Tessa, we we want to make sure our first impressions are good enough for people while being ourselves. And that's the way your podcast or really anything just needs to be. Be yourself. And if nobody likes it, tell them, get the fuck out. <laughs> There's tell the door. shit. You don't change who you are for anybody. Yeah. And we haven't changed, and if anything, we're just growing and learning at the same time.